Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Today we're going to be talking about faith. Um, who, who knows that faith is amazing? Okay. Who knows that faith gets talked about a lot in the Bible? Um, I mean, basically, uh, it's, it's our faith that we, we take that step before, you know, before anything towards Christ and we go, okay, I, I believe in Jesus. And um, who knows that most of the people that have taken that step of faith towards Jesus have taken that step towards Jesus to follow Him, regardless of having all their questions answered. Who, who, you know, I, I still have questions about God and Jesus that I still haven't been able to answer and rectify. And it's a sad thing, I actually, sometimes to see when people have questions and they're not able to rectify them, but they still, they still stay away from Jesus because uh, they can't answer the questions. But I would say, well, you know, I mean, Jesus is a person. It's not a, Jesus is not a philosophy. He's a person. And just like um, you don't know everything about me, but you still believe I'm in front of you standing there and I'm a person. I hope you, I hope you know that I'm a person. Um, and uh, because, because I'm a person, you're not going to understand everything about God, but you can start beginning to walk towards Him. And, and that, but that is faith. That is the first step of faith is to go, okay, I don't understand everything about this, Jesus. I don't understand why this is happening in my life. I don't understand why things haven't worked out the way I thought they would have, but I'm still t- stepping towards Him. And, and you'll find that your journey with Christ... Okay, we'll be that the entire time. And through that journey, God will begin to polish you. He'll begin to put you through a process where, and I talked about this last week, the process is the prize. See, what God wants to take you through is actually who you're going to become. You know, who, who's going through something that's difficult? Who's gone through some things where you're just like, it doesn't seem to end. It's just a battle. I want to say something about that. You know, the greater the, greater the reward, the greater the process. <laughs> the greater the things that God wants to take you into, the greater the process to get there. And we've been talking about Abraham and the process that Abraham in the book of Genesis, you know, uh, went through. Uh, it's like, it, I mean, I've had an easy life compared to, to Abraham. He, he lived in a tent most of his life. I mean, that's hard enough. Who likes camping? Okay, I like camping as long as it's organized. I don't like that camping where it's not organized, you know, where you just do whatever. No, no, I like to have a mattress, at least, okay, and a blanket, and uh, it's nice to have a fire and a tent and all of that. I mean, I like it. It's more like glamping. You know what glamping is? It's glamorous camping, like where it's a little <laughs> bit glamorous. I, I like that, okay. But, but, but here's, here's Abraham, his whole life he lived out in tents, and uh, because of the process and the journey that God had him on, but you, I'm going to show you something today where you can see that this man, at the end of his life, became a man of such great faith that it was, it was, it was like there was this, when, when it ends for Abraham, you go, wow, I want to be like that. But it wasn't because he was great, it was because of the process that God put him through of, of, of lots of failure, lots of moments where he just dropped the ball, but God, in His grace, kept on picking him up and keeping him, keeping him moving forward. So... You know, I want to talk about faith, and I want to ask you this about faith, um, or I want to make this statement. You know, I, I like faith when it's about applying it to the things that I want in life, right? You know, you know it's like, okay, I want, 
let's play I want, okay? Think of something that you want. Like something, I'm not talking about I want to eat like at lunchtime. I'm talking about the big things, you know, like the big things. You know, I want a car. I want a house. I want a holiday in, you know, Switzerland. I, I, you know, think of that I want, okay? Now, if, okay, I, you put that I want and I say something like this. All you need to get that is faith. Okay, just believe. Now, mm, okay, that's not really sort of wrong because actually I do know people who've had faith and see God provide in amazing and miraculous ways that sometimes aren't fair. Okay, faith ain't fair. Okay, and I know this, God doesn't respond to need, He responds to faith. You know that? There's lots of need in the world, He doesn't respond to that, but He responds to those who act in faith. But often we, we apply the metric of faith and I've made this mistake where I don't really like to apply faith to the things that I don't want. I only like faith when it's getting me the things I do want. Okay? So it's like, okay, I'm going to have faith towards that because that's what I want. But who knows that sometimes God doesn't take you in the direction that you want. So then what do you do? Do you keep walking? And but but God, I'm having faith because I, I want that. I want I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that. God, but God is saying, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. I've got something for you that I'm taking you towards, and I'm gonna. He gives us a promise. He gives us a promise, and usually that promise is way bigger than anything we can think of. Yes. Usually that promise is way bigger. I mean, if it's something that you can kind of comprehend, it's probably not God. Okay. If it's something that's like small, it's probably not God. God always takes you into large things, into bigger things. But oftentimes, it's, it's, we get mixed up with making out our faith to be for all the things that we want in life when God may not want those things that we want for us. So what do we do? I like faith to feel good. Who likes faith to feel good? Who likes to pat themselves on the back for their faith? Me, I love it. I've got such great faith. You know, look what I've done with all of my faith that God's given me. What's wrong with that statement? There's something wrong with it. Look at all that faith that God's given me. Look what I've done. Look what I've done. It's about me. Okay? <laughs> we, we get into that. And, and pastors have to watch this. I'll, I'll make a confession. We have to because, because, you know, as churches, they grow and they get bigger and God does some amazing things and we go, it was all my faith. <laughs> and it's like, all the people are going, uh, I don't know. He's getting a bit of a big head. We call it a big head. In Australia, you know what that means, right? He's getting a bit of a big head. Uh, pastors get a big head when they begin to think that it's their faith that's done what God is doing when they forget it's God that's doing what He's doing and God alone. We're just a part of the process. I like faith to feel good, but then there's scriptures like this. Can I show you a scripture? Put up James chapter 1, verse 2. It says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces something. Perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Okay? There's a few, there's a few statements in this that are troublesome. I'll tell you the first one. It's where it says, whenever you face trials of many kinds. That means that you are going to face trials of many kinds. I... Now, hold on a second. I, I like faith when it's about me feeling good. Um, you feeling good is not God's objective. It's not. 
God is going to give you a promise. He's going to give you, he's going to give you himself, but he's going to begin to grow you. So, and, and, and there's something here that you have to see. The trials are producing something. The trials are actually God doing something in you. He's testing your faith. Who's got faith? Hands up, you got some faith for God. Okay, good, for you. Let me tell you something. It's going to be tested if it hasn't already been. And this is the problem. When it stops feeling good and when it stops going our way, we're like, I don't like this. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's not going the way I want it. If that, listen to me. If, you, if you've said that to God, maybe you're saying it right now. Amazing. Amazing. It's the best thing you can, be, you can be going through right now because your trial is producing something. You've just got to learn to persevere in God. You've got to learn to persevere. And once you learn to persevere in God, you will be mature and complete and you will not be lacking anything. And I'm going to show you this in the life of Abraham. Okay, I'll say this. The highest form of faith, the highest form of faith is simply this. You ready? Obedience. The highest form of faith is obedience. The highest form of faith is obedience. Why do I say that? When things aren't going your way, when you're going through trials, you want to clutch and grab for the things that make you feel good, the quick fixes, the quick ways out, the shortcuts. I mean, I do this. I only know this because I know I do this. When things get difficult, the one thing that will be challenged will be your obedience to God. And, and that is truly where the rubber meets the road with our faith. You know, we talk, I mean, faith kind of, it, it comes in, there's gradual, I mean, Jesus, he, 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 people come here for the first time and they begin to see Jesus. They begin to see him. He begins to reveal himself to them and they're like, oh wow, I can see Jesus and I can see that he loves me. I can see that he wants to show me his ways and I, I, I want to begin to follow him and we begin to walk towards him. Okay, and, and, but, but there comes a point where we have to know the Bible, we have to know in prayer, we have to have the groundwork in place, we have to have a community around us because there comes a point where we realize this faith in God is all about our obedience. Even in the face of moments and times and trials and stuff where it doesn't feel great, where God will be speaking but we may not want to move towards him in those moments this will be the trial of every believer's life i'm telling you this will be the one thing i can guarantee we will all go through the trial of faith the trial of faith the highest form of faith is obedience the trial of faith will be in your obedience now i want to show you a scripture it's in genesis chapter 22 about um abraham Genesis chapter 22, verse 16 to 18. And this is God speaking to Abraham. Okay, it says, and, and, and God said, I swear by myself, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely, everybody say surely, surely. bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and, and as the sand in the, on the seashore. Your descendants will take Descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. 
And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Now, I just want to say something about this. This wasn't the first time that God had given Abram, Abraham this promise. Okay? He had given Abraham this promise many, 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 many years before. And it was this promise that kind of was the moment from this promise onward that you see God take Abraham through a process towards this promise. But here, God says to Abraham, Now, I swear by myself, and surely... Now, this suggests something. That when God had given the promise to Abraham prior to this, it wasn't sure yet. It was a maybe. God didn't swear by Himself. It was dependent on something. There was a process that God had to take Abraham through to build something in Abraham before God could actually begin to put that process in place, to actually make that promise what it is today. And it all depended on Abraham and the decisions he made, particularly his obedience. His obedience. He had a promise... But how did he get a surely? Who's got a promise here? Who's got a promise? Who's had God speak to them about some stuff? You know God's going to take you to it. Who's getting whole? Who's getting complete here? Who's getting made whole in Christ? He's taking you towards something. You're growing every day. I'm telling you something. We can have a promise, but how do you sure it up? How do you sure it up? How do you sure it up? I'll tell you how you sure it up a promise. How you sure up a promise is through obedience. And when I say obedience, I'm saying faith. That is true obedience. True faith is obedience. You see, the story just before God gave Abraham the surely was this. I'll read it to you. It's in Genesis chapter 22, just before, from verse 1 through to 18. It says this. Sometime later, God tested. Everybody said, say tested. He's testing his faith. God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. And here's where it gets really weird. And don't worry, people, don't walk out yet. God is not into human sacrifice. I'll just tell you that, okay? This was a test. And go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Who knows that doesn't make sense? You all know God doesn't like human sacrifice, right? This doesn't make sense. This is a contradiction. This is a contradiction. This is confusing. Don't you think? Who, who's, who's come across this in your morning devotions, this scripture, and you've gone, I don't even know why that's there. Like, you're like, I just actually don't understand this story. Why would God do that? So early the next morning, Abraham, he got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he, sent out, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I... And the boy, go over there. Now, I want you to see this. He tells them, we, okay, we, you see that word, we? 
meaning my son and I will worship and then we will come back to you. Isn't that interesting? Abraham knew something about God here. I'm going to show you, there's a few moments where you go, okay, there's something weird about this story. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac and then and he, car- himself, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, something weird going on, Dad. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but uh, where's the lamb, the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Once again, you see, what's Abraham? He knows something here. It's, like, it's almost as if Abraham knows that this is a test. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. It was a test. It was a test. Abraham looked up and there in the, in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and and said, what I just read you, I swear, I swear by myself, that because you've done this, because you've not withheld your son, I will surely bless you. This, coincidentally, very place, most likely historians will tell you, that this very place is the very place that um, the Jews and the Muslims fight over in the temple of the, that Mount Moriah is most likely there, where they, it's there. That's why they want it so badly, because of the... And it's this moment that made this place so sacred, where Abram finally passed the test of faith, the test of obedience. You see, he had failed and failed and failed. I, I mean, he had failed when God had told him he was going to have a child and he went and slept with his maid, Hagar, who gave birth to Ishmael, who was a big problem. He failed when he got stuck. He got stuck there because his dad didn't want to move on, but he stayed with his dad and it kept him out. He failed and failed and failed. Each time the Lord would test him, but this time, this time, he made his promise into a surely promise because he was obedient right up to the very end. And can I say this? The test of faith will always be in the contradictions. The test of faith will always be in the confusing parts of our lives. The tests of our faith will always be in those moments where I, I thought, God, it was something else, but here I am here. The test of faith will always be when we end up in places and things and situations that we just, we're confused about. And, and, and it looks like a con- contradiction. It looks like, God, I thought I was blessed. 
God, I, I thought I heard you then. But see, Abram knew something. He had a promise. He had a promise. In Genesis 21, just before this, chapter 12, it says this. It says, um, but God said to him, do not be distressed about the boy and your slave woman, that's Ishmael. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you because it is through Isaac. So God had told Abram this. It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. There was a promise for this boy. See, Abraham had failed in God enough to know that if he has a promise, if God's told him something, he's not going to hold that back. So he can even go into a place where he's about to sacrifice his only son because God will see it through that that son, because of God's promise, will still be the one who has the promise. I want to tell you something. God will take you through these kind of tests where it will be confusing, where there will be contradictions, where you won't understand what is going on. But how do we go through them with, like Abraham? Well, you're going to fail a few times. You're going to fail a few times. I heard some, I was listening to a podcast, it was a great podcast, about someone who, with their, with their parents, um, their children, at the end of every week, this dad asks his kids, where have you failed this week? Tell me one area where you failed. Okay? And uh, I thought, that's a great idea. And then when the children think about an area where they failed, he'll, the father will help them through to understand it's good to fail because it's only through failing that you learn what you need to learn, right? You know what I'm talking about. We're, we're kind of afraid of failing in God. We think, we think that because uh, we're now believers in God, we've got to have it all together and we're not allowed to fail anymore. That is to misunderstand the gospel. The gospel is this. This is why we do communion every Sunday as a rhythm. This is why we do it. Because we've got to come to Jesus and go, okay... Even though we fail, He didn't. He paid for my failures. He paid for my sin on the cross. Those things that I've done that separate me from God, the sin that He can't accept, He put it on Jesus and it killed Jesus in the flesh and He rose again and said, just come follow me. And whosoever believes in Him shall have eternal life. And they'll begin to walk with Him. That's why we do communion. That's why we do that. But we, we forget this and we walk into failure and we think it's because I'm not good enough. Well, maybe you're not good enough. It's because I wasn't educated properly. Maybe. It's because of this. It's because of that. And, and ultimately what we begin to do is we let that insecurity. And insecurity, I'll tell you something, is a result of the fall. Insecurity is a result of sin. There wasn't insecurity in the world before Adam and Eve sinned. Insecurity in your world is a result of your own sinful heart. And as you come to God, as you come to Him and get accepted once again, when you fail, and you get obedient in faith towards God, you begin to walk this process, this journey, where you begin to grow. And that's what we see in the life of Abraham. His life was full of contradictions. His life was full of confusion. How is it that God promises someone that his descendants would build a nation and he's living in a tent, not knowing where to live his whole life? That's a contradiction. 
But there was a promise. Abraham had it. And in the end of his life, this test, this final test, he finally got it. That no matter what, you obey. No matter what, just obey. Obedience, even though you don't understand, is faith. Obedience, even though you don't understand what God's doing, is faith. That's what faith is. And, and, and Hebrews, um, the book of Hebrews, summarizes part of the life of Abraham. And I'm, I'm going to just um, show it to you. It's Hebrews 11. I'm going to start in Hebrews 11, chapter 8. No, chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place... He would later receive, as as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. Obedience and faith is about not knowing where you were going. Sometimes you're not going to know where you were going. Society teaches us that, you know, you just make your plans and you go there, baby. You go get it. Just positive, put positive words out there into the atmosphere, the atmosphere is going to somehow hear them and because you're speaking positively you can control your life and then something bad happens and you're like, what? I don't get it. Right? You know what I'm saying, don't you? You can't control your future. You can make your plans but you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring you. We don't know if the sun's going to come up tomorrow. We really don't. You can't guarantee it to me. I'm sorry, you just can't. I don't care how scientific you are. We don't know. God makes the sun come up when He wants it to come up. God makes our days as they should go. You see, Abraham had learned to trust God even though he didn't know where he was going. You see, we we talk to God like, I've done this, where we're like, God, just show me where I'm going and then I'll be confident. But God is replying, no, 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 be confident in me. Right? You're not always going to know where, 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 where your present situation is taking you. And you can rejoice if that's the case because it's probably God is testing you. He's producing something in you. Bringing about true faith. A purity of faith. That's going to grow you into something that you need to be, that Christ sees you as. I don't know where this is going, God. He didn't know. Abraham never knew where he was going. Yet, he's one of the fathers of the faith. Um, and then in verse 9... And 10, it says, By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. He never knew when God was going to do what he was going to (laughs) do. He didn't know where and he never knew when. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents because he never knew when to actually put his roots down. And we, 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 there is something in us humans, we just want to nest. We want to get into a territory and we're going to go, okay, this is where I should be. 
But maybe that's not what God has for us. Maybe God has you for a journey. Maybe there's something way bigger that God wants to do in you. And I think many believers in Christ, they get to a certain position in their life where they're comfortable, where they're able to go, okay, I've got this, I've got that, I've got this, I've got my, 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 um, I've got my uh, retirement in order, I've got this, I've got the kids in the, great, in the good school, I've got this, and they just settle. They just settle. God never called us for this life. This life is too temporary to settle. You may never know where God and when He's going to move. It's not about that. It's about Him. Abraham never knew where. He never knew when. And then you look at 11 and 12 of the same chapter. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered Him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Sarah was old. She was beyond childbearing age. (laughs) Abram and Sarah had no idea how God was going to do what he had promised to do. They never knew where. They never knew when. They never knew how. And yet they were obedient. They never knew where, they never knew when, they never knew how. And lastly, in 17, 19, it says, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a matter of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Abraham didn't know why God had told him to go and sacrifice Isaac. Yet, out of obedience, he began to make his way towards sacrificing his own son. Abraham didn't know where God was going to move and how, or he didn't know when God was going to move. He didn't know how God was going to move and he didn't know why God was doing what he was doing. We, we are constantly asking these questions. God, where? <laughs> God, when? God, how? God, why? God, where? God, when? God, how? God, why? It's funny, but like this is our prayer life sometimes. God, where? Like, where are you going to move, God? I can't see it. I've been waiting. When? When am I going to get that promise that you've called me to, God? Oh, God, maybe I need to pray in tongues some more. Maybe I need to read my Bible more. Uh, God, how are you going to do this? Like, how am I going to afford this? How are my kids going to dot, dot, dot? How am I? God, how? Please speak to me. God? 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 
I'm demonstrating something to you. I know what this is about. I know what this is about. I know exactly what this is about. These are the things we're always looking for, the, for, the, for the, the when, the where, and the whens, and the hows, and the whys. But here the Bible says that Abraham, he never knew. He never got an answer to these questions. Never. All he had was a promise and a call to faith. All he had was a promise and a call to obedience. And where he failed was when he was disobedient to God. And when he picked up himself and said, okay, I'm going to obey God, was where he finally got the surely. Where he finally got, where God said, okay, I swear on myself. Because you've learned this lesson. Because even in the worst of trials, in the most contradictive of situations, contradictive is probably a word. In the most, in the times where it just, things aren't making sense. He obeyed. But I'm telling you something, this is the test. I find it so difficult when things don't make sense to obey God. I don't know about you, but I find it hard, man. I want to go off and do my own thing. I'm like, man, God, I've trusted you so far, and you're still not doing it for me, so I'm going to go off and do my own thing now. Who knows what I'm talking about? We can miss a promise. Because your faith is not about moving God into what you want. Your faith is about obedience. I said, your faith isn't about moving God into what you want. Your faith is about obedience. That is where the promise lies. That is where the miracle lies. That is where God is. In the obedience. In the obedience. Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. We do this. We make our lives out to be a sacrifice to God. God isn't requiring a sacrifice anymore. What He requires is obedience. And we actually do this. Where we try to sacrifice our obedience with a, sac- with a sacrifice. Did I say that right? We go, God, but I bought you a sacrifice. I'm here, right? You know, I've done this. I've done that. I don't require a sacrifice, says the Lord. I require obedience. Even though in this contradiction, you don't know what's going on. Even though you don't understand completely what I'm doing. You're not, maybe you don't know the, the where's. Maybe you don't know the when's. Maybe you don't know the how's. Maybe you don't know the why's. But listen to me. Obey. That's where the promise lies. And this is the core of our faith. This is the wrestle that we will have with God until the day we die. Because, you know, this is essentially talking about us being in control or God being in control. (laughs) We were never meant to be in control. We weren't built to be in control. We weren't designed to be in control. We weren't, when us as human beings that God created, we weren't meant to. Otherwise, we would be able to control everything. God is the only one who can control everything. He is God. We give the control to Him and we trust Him that He is God. Our best, you know, He has got His promise for us and it's good. He's the one that wants to control. He is the one that can control. That's why He's God and that's why we're not. 
the fall, the fall of sin, when sin came into the world with Adam and Eve, that moment that they fell out of favor with God where they sinned was because they thought that they could be like God. That was the promise. The enemy, he, he, he tricked them into thinking that God was holding out something on them. Saying, you know, you, you, there's more. You can, you, can know, you can know how to judge between good and evil. You're going to know, you're going to be like God. You're going to be able to be in control. The moment they stepped into that was the moment disaster struck the whole world because they realized that they are not meant for that. Don't believe the lie that you need to know why and when and how and all of those sorts of things. You don't. You just need to know one thing. God is for you. God is for you. And you need to lay the groundwork of faith. Here's how you lay the groundwork of faith. Through prayer. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. You know, you'll see this with Jesus. He constantly went and prayed. How did Jesus achieve what he achieved in three years? But he also demonstrated to us his life of prayer. He was constantly praying. We don't pray because it makes us into good people. We pray because we need that connection with God to, to make it. You've got to be in a constant state of prayer, okay? And secondly, the word. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord? And who meditates on his law day and night? Oh, verse 1, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but, though, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. How do you stay in step with God? How do you learn how to obey? Day and night. Just be in the Word. This is a gift. You know, this thing here is a gift. If you haven't picked this up yet and begun to understand it and read it, if someone has tricked you into thinking that they are the experts on this and you can't be, it's a lie. We wouldn't have a book that's available to everyone if that was the truth. This is a gift to you. The people who are holding this out on you and making themselves out to be the experts are just trying to make themselves into a commodity in your life so that they can justify their own existence. This is for you to know. I don't teach this Bible as an expert. I teach this Bible because I need it to get into your spirit and I need you to read it every day. Meditate it on it day and night we all should be experts in the bible every one of us that's how we move forward okay and the last one is Hebrew, um, hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 to 25 community community interestingly enough this is the chapter just before hebrews 11 it says and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds not giving up meeting together <laughs> not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. It's funny how that not coming to church can become a habit. Interesting. But encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. The day approaching is the day Jesus comes back. When you don't know where the where, you don't know the when, you don't know the how, you don't know the why, prayer, word, community. Prayer, word, community. Prayer, word, community. That's why we have these rhythms. That's why we have connect groups in in the week i'm just so excited about vj and and uh, ashley starting their connect group just down the road here it is amazing it's just i, I mean we should be celebrating it's so cool god's going to bless that group i'm praying for many many more all over this city why are we doing that because it's part of our rhythm
because life is tough and God will test our faith. God will take us through trials. We need one another. And sometimes you may not be able to pray for yourself, but you can have someone pray for you. Sometimes you might have questions, but you can sit around and talk about it with your friends who you've built trust with over the, over the, over the, over the little while with your connect group. Prayer, word, community. Amen? Amen. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.